Station 1043 The Fan presents Stokely and Zach. There's something happening at the end of this month. It's kind of a big deal, James. And no one. And The Rock means no one is talking about well, it. Well, I'm curious what you, I mean, the tease, I was like, what could it be? I have no idea what you're talking about. Clearly, I'm not talking about it enough because no one is. The Major League Baseball season starts this month. Yeah, no one's talking about that. No. The World Baseball Classic's going on. No one's talking about that. The Rockies, Rockies opening your, day is less than a month point, away. I had no idea that the World Baseball Classic was happening right now. You and the rest of... America. Four weeks from today, we will be downtown for Rockies opening day. Four weeks from today. We, it was me and you down there last year. It was. It was. It was. It was fun. Uh, it was fun. You know, I I just and I have I, I've been here for every Rocky season. This is now thirty more than thirty years ago. Is there a thirty? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think first 30, year was ninety three. Yeah. yeah. So it's their 31st season. 30 years ago on April 9th was their uh, first ever home game. EY hit the home run on the first at-bat. Right. Um, I I don't know that there's ever been a season I've been less interested in. Now, opening day will be fun. It'll be a blast. We'll have a blast down there. It'll It'll be be great. Absolute blast. And, uh, you know, if, if somebody gave me free tickets sitting next to Bud Black in the dugout, I might go to a game in May. But really... I, I don't know that I would I would seek out a Rockies. You're in a different position. You have young kids. You're still doing those, hey, those are fun, cool moments at the ballpark. For sure. I, I get that. We talked about it with the, hey, are you going to protest the Rockies or not protest the Rockies? Right, it's right. easier for me. I'm in a position where my kids don't want to go to games. Yeah. I mean, they're over it. They've done that. But your protest is almost attached to your level of care. Yeah. I just, exactly. My total and complete apathy for the Rockies is my protest. It's not only not going to games. I don't turn it on. This year I may not have a choice. I just don't turn it on. And I don't know that I will this year. And if you if you see their lineup card for opening day, yep. you'll probably know most of the names. But how many of the names could you tell me something about them? Ooh. Like, oh, that's, that's Chris Bryant. Yeah, he played for the Cubs. Okay, there's one. Kyle Freeland, all he went to Thomas Jefferson. How many How many Rockies can we name right now? Herman Marquez, Kyle Freeland, Antonio Sensatella. Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant. Charlie Blackman. Charlie Blackman. Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers, who has a shoulder injury, is not going to be available to start. Maybe, maybe not all year. Um, is Jonathan Daza still here? I, no idea. No idea. Like, if you paid attention one single second to anything other than Brendan Rodgers' injury that has happened down in Scottsdale. No. Me neither. No. I couldn't tell you, I don't know how many games they've played. Let's say they've played 10. I couldn't tell you if they're 10-0 and 0 or 0-10. Gosh, that's just, kind of where we're at. Huh? They're that out of sight, out of mind. See, that now, makes me sad. Does that make you sad at very, all? Very, very. Now, I think it's a twofold problem. I think one of them is the Rockies are just not interesting. They have no chance. Their owner says, we have a chance to go 500. Okay, that's not exciting. I was on the fence about betting the under because I do not want to. Ch- I'm wearing a rock, my Rocky stuff I right know. now. I know. Since he said that, I'm betting the under. I also think baseball's dead. They just don't know it. I don't know about that one. I think it's carried by Boston and New York and Chicago and L.A. and Houston. And those are five big markets. Maybe even throw Atlanta in there because they won a World Series a couple years ago. Outside of those markets, I'll bet you're having a lot of conversations just like we're having. And there are 30 Major League Baseball teams. It's very, it's very regional. It's very regional. Like hyper, hyper more than any other pro uh, of the big four sports. Uh, so hyper regional. And for it to work, you have to at least have some other teams that are interesting and competitive. You can't have 20 teams that are the Washington Generals that are just there to provide an opponent for the teams people actually care about. Yep. And, you know, there will be a big crowds at Coors Field a lot because it's a fun place to go. I think they finished ninth in attendance last year. I, I mean, kudos to the fans. Like, the, it's not just because it's cool to go sit outside and have a beer in Colorado in the summer. That's a big part of it. The, I will give the Montfords credit. They have done an amazing job with Coors Field keeping that place 
updated and modernized. It's the third oldest ballpark in the National League, which is crazy. But what makes it so special? What makes Coors Field special? Uh, the setting. Like, you know, you're sitting there and you're watching a beautiful Colorado sunset. Yeah, so the, the weather's nice. <laughs> see, nothing see. that they've done. <laughs> no, 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 I'm going to nerd out on you. Okay. Like, if you walk around, like the the old school looks like 1940s signage that they, signage update that they did yeah. four or five years ago. Yeah, it's the same thing. If you go to Fenway Park, it's like okay, I feel like I'm going back in time. That's stuff they've done. They they updated the scoreboard, uh, uh, the the uh, party deck. People give them a lot of credit for that. Brilliant. Those were seats that were never supposed to be in the original design. They were getting 75,000 people at Mile High Stadium, so they slapped them on there. You couldn't see the left fielder, or sorry, the right fielder from those seats. They tore them out, put someplace people want to go. Great. I love that part of the park. It's I, awesome. I, I do. It's awesome. Now, they shouldn't finish there. They, they need to just bring out the wrecking ball and get rid of the rock pile. It's just a total waste. You, you can buy cheap tickets to sit anywhere in that ballpark, pretty much. Take that out. Then you'd be a, your view would be even better. Right. That's a just a... I didn't even think of that. Just a monstrosity out there that needs to go. Um, but it, yeah, they've done a nice job. The ballpark is... You don't notice it because it's, it's not falling apart. Like, if it was falling apart and rusted and... You know, I, I can remember sitting in Old Mile High Stadium and I had a seat on the aisle and looking over at the the road to go, the steps to go down. There was a hole the size like you could you could drop a baseball through it and never see it again yeah so is that where you put your trash <laughs> yeah exactly you have no idea where it went like, no, they went, like, who's got trash just throw it underneath the- <laughs> uh, wad up the, the tinfoil from the hot dog uh, so they've done some good some a lot of good things with those aspects of it that was a good response to, to, to my question but the the team and going down and watching the actual product on the field virtually no interest yeah None. Well, I love the Rockies. Uh, I've told the story many times here. When I moved out here in 2017, they had six consecutive losing seasons in a row. They were good. Mm-hmm. My wife wasn't out here yet. I went to 18 games at Coors Field. I lived there. I mean, at 18 games for me like is unconscionable right now. That's a big number. Like, yeah. yeah. So for me, I know some people like go every single, every single, uh, uh, every single game or whatever. Um, but yeah, so I just fell in love, and I didn't grow up in a major league town. I so, didn't either. And I'm from here. Right. I was 20 years old before they came. Right. So that's even even more organic and unique. But it, but for me, it was like, oh, my gosh, I live like five miles from Coors Field. This is unbelievable. And I'd go and I'd get seats behind third base. And the, the, the inexpensive uh, ticket to a Rocky game is so real compared to Fenway and the Bronx. Yeah. And so yeah. um, I was just like, I can't believe it. I didn't I didn't use my credential. I'm sitting in the crowd. I want my. I want to have a beer and I want a hot dog and I want to cheer if I want to. Like can't do that stuff in the press box, no, right? Drink a beer, no. cheer. Um, so uh, I loved it, and it makes me sad that the that the that not only is the the team in such a state that they're uninteresting and bad, but we're about to enter a territory where we, where we can't watch them. And yeah. I'm just. I, I am fearful that. They, the Rockies are in the fast line, fast lane, not to just being irrelevant as a general American sports team, which they already are in the uh, blind spot of American sports fans. Like if you gave, if you went up to an American sports fan in California or Texas, say, "Hey, we're going to give you one million dollars. You just got to name two Rockies." They're, they're walking away empty-handed. No, or if you said, "We'll give you a million dollars if you can name all thirty major league teams in." Five minutes. Oh, no. They'd be sitting there like in that episode of Friends when they can't think of the state they're missing, and it would be the Rockies. That would be the team they wouldn't be able to think of. Uh, but the fact that you're, you're on the you're on the, the fast track to not being able to watch them here locally, in addition to the bad nature of, of the current state of them, it's just it's a recipe for whatever's lower than irrelevant. It's that. But it's a it's it's a byproduct of a broken sport, and I'm with you. I'm sad about it because I've been here for. All three Super Bowls, all three Sandy, Stanley Cups, the 94 run by the, the Nugget, well, back the Doug Moe Nuggets, the 94 when they upset the Sonics, right. the, the Mellow years, the Jokic years, the 2007 Rockies. Rocktober was as good as any moment in the history of Colorado sports. That stretch for like a month was unbelievable, and they knocked the Broncos off the front page of the paper for a month. It was crazy. So, yeah, to think like, 
I, am I ever going to see that again in my lifetime? And, 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 and here's the thing. Let me just supplement what you're saying. It, it's not just that stretch. James, it was 2018. They were sending five players in Rocky uniforms to Cleveland, Ohio to be in the All-Star game. I know. That was this window of time. They had to play 163rd game to decide the National League West against the Dodgers. Against the Dodgers, right. And five then, years and, ago. And then they lost, went and played the Cubs. And beat them. And beat them. And then played the. Um, I think it was, was Milwaukee. It was a Milwaukee, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and they had three hits in the series. Yeah, I was gonna say they hit like <laughs> they hit like 180 as a team, and we're looking at Nolan like, "Hey, dude, come on, come but on!" But when it when they're good, it's so fun. So I see why it's popular in Boston, New York, Chicago, LA, because their teams are good. Yeah. But it's a broken sport when it's only a handful. Yeah. And they got and it ain't gonna get fixed, and that's why. It's not just Denver where people feel like this. All right. Uh, we're live here at Slattery's Pub in the landmark uh, in the tech center. Uh, really fun environment here. All the games are on. We got to see you. CU is up 3-0 to zero on uh, UCLA. Yep. Hang tight. Score first and win. Uh, so we are here. We're going to be here until 2 o'clock if you want to come by and say hello. There's still room for you. Uh, the sun's out. It's a beautiful day. Come by and say hello. Okay. A closed door meeting. Speaking of CU. A closed-door meeting was held last night in Boulder about the future of CU and the conference that they play in. And the writing, James Merrillat, may already be on the wall. Hang tight. Details next. Hey, really good start for the Buffaloes playing the number one seeded UCLA Bruins, number two ranked team in the country, up 10-5 early stages of that one, um, resisting all temptation to jump on the Bruins live here. Uh, James Merrillat, DenverSports.com. I'm checking my app to see how the Rams are doing because that's not on anything you can actually put on a TV. They're up fifteen eleven early. Okay, so yeah. so so, yeah. Bo- so so it's like watching the game in nineteen ninety two. I might as well just have a little blip ball like on my computer screen here to see what's happening. Will Peterson from DenverSports.com is back with us. First time in a couple weeks. You made it back from vacation. Good to have you back. Yeah, well I filled in for you one day. Oh yes, you did. So I did do uh, three last, hours of this show. Last week. Okay. Okay, yeah. okay. I did just you, hadn't seen you. Did you get any uh, feedback about your pizza? Feedback about my pizza. We did an entire segment on how you are when you bring in pizza. And what what, what does that look like? (laughs) Uh, I just said, well, it started by saying you and Stokes Day revolves around your lunch. It does. Like 11 or 2 is like lunch is the the number one pinnacle thing. But I did reveal a little behind the scenes how angry you get when people come in and just steal a slice of your pizza because they think it's community pizza when it's Stoke and Zach pizza. There, yes, but there's a missing piece about that. Okay. It's people who come in and don't ask if they can have a slice of pizza. Just grab one. That they contributed nothing towards and just grab one. And we have multiple people at the station that the scouting report is they don't ask. And what's worse is they don't say thank you. And in my book, maybe I'm just traditional. That rubs me the wrong way. I don't have an issue with any of that. What, what, what made it so funny is Will brought it up after being in, like, the green room at a break. And Shake Shack brought food that day. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. And that's someone right. from oh, KY, going down this someone from KYGO came in, grabbed a burger, and left. And as, as he's leaving, Will really loud goes, is this for the whole cluster or just the fan? <laughs> <laughs> so he was like doing the same thing. Oh, you did the same That quote. story is so flawed. <laughs> Not I was, at all. We had so much food, Zach. <laughs> I was saying, did they put a, a platter like this at Cozy and at KYGO and at the fan? No. Or was it just for the fan? That doesn't quite spun. make sense because they were in the fan Correct. area taking food. Correct. Why would they do that if they he had was, it in their own area? He was being territorial and then accused you of being territorial. <laughs> that is unbelievably I did say the thing that bothered you the most was I said Zach flaunts his pizza. I that was the want my pizza. That was the word I used that sort of... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... I, do, I thought that was an unfair characterization. <laughs> you guys, man. In, no, no, I was defending you. In our you. time slot. You know, with the will. <laughs> you come into someone and just start grinding your boots on, on someone's couch? Come I, on. I'm an old school person when it comes to manners, right? Ask and say thank you. Yes. Not a hard Pretty thing simple, to, right? to wrap your head around. Dude, my least favorite is I'm a door holder. So, like, if you're, yeah. if you're within, like, three to five, like, steps, like, I'm going to hold the door for you. Yep. And the person who just, like, walks in and doesn't say, like... 
just like thanks. It's, yeah. A, yeah. It's, it's literally a syllable. How about when you let someone in in traffic and they don't give you the thank you wave? Oh, dude, I want to just go and tap them with my bumper. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Okay. It all was right. all in good fun, Zach. <laughs> uh, a closed door meeting. Um, it, Will Peterson is here uh, on his uh, last appearance on Stokely. <laughs> uh, a closed door meeting was held last night in Boulder about the future of CU and the conference that they play in. Dennis Dodd wrote about this for CBS Sports this morning. Um, Brett Yormark is the commissioner of the Big 12, okay? He continues to pursue what is called the four-corner schools in the Pac-12. It's Arizona, it's Arizona State, it's Colorado, it's Utah. Apparently, according to this article that came out this morning, there have been weekly conversations between the Big 12 and those four programs, and the talks have, quote, heated up one league insider tells CBS Sports. There's a lot to this conversation. It's a big conversation revolving around big amounts of money. James, you and I had this conversation yesterday. You were of the mind that CU should just stay in the Pac-12. What you didn't bring up is there are widely held um, thoughts and rumors that Oregon and Washington could bolt to the Big Ten. If that happens, I think CU is then operating from a serious position of weakness and I, I said the writing on the wall, it feels like momentum is building. If one of these four corner schools jump, I think all of them are going to jump. I, I'm with you. And it's, it's like when they left the big 12 before. It's like, hey, Nebraska's leaving. Like, you, you don't want to be caught when the music stops. So m- my position on it is I can't believe whoever's running the Pac-12, even with UCLA and USC leaving, can't bring in some people to put together a better conference than the big 12. Like, the big 12's losing Texas, losing Oklahoma. It's going to be UCF, and it's going to be just rando. How they can be a better option than the Pac-12, I'm not saying that's where they should stay. I'm just saying, like, that's just an aptitude on the part of the Pac-12. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they dropped all, the ball here. You lost those two schools. That's being inept. But if you can't replace them with, with SMU and Dallas and San Diego State, which is in the eighth most populous city in the country, and still put together a good TV deal and keep everybody else, then you're just incompetent. That was that was my main point. Listen, they got to go where the money is, yeah, and they got to go where they're not left out. That's what they need to do. And right now, they don't know what the money is with the Pac-12 because their deal's not done, and they had a head start on the Big 12. Will, what do you think? I think you guys are debating two conferences when you should be debating a third. Coach Prime changes everything. Coach Prime can get you to the Big Ten. Go be with USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington. Geography is no longer an issue. If USC and UCLA can be in the Big Ten, why can't Colorado be in the Big Ten? And Prime gives you that credibility. You should be playing Michigan and Ohio State and Michigan State in these better Pac-12 schools that are leaving. The Big Ten, outside of the SEC, is the most stable football conference in the country. Why do we not have bigger sights, bigger dreams now that Coach Prime is here? The Big Ten should solely be the focus of the CU administration. It's a good point because CU could bring them the only time zone they don't have. Now, it's the least attractive of the time zones, but it would bring them a mountain time zone. So if you're trying to sell TV packages, it's like you could start every hour. I mean, there are some cool things you could do with that if you were uh, a a league or a conference and a network. And, you know, it, it just and it brings them a top 20 TV market. Another top 20 TV market, which we know the Big Ten is what that's what they're interested in. Why do they have Rutgers? It's because it's New Jersey, New York, that area. Um, Why do they have Maryland? It's because it's Baltimore and D.C. Colorado would make perfect sense for that. I'm with you. That would be a better that would be I would feel better about that as a CU guy because I look at the Big 12 of like, okay, fine. Go there because that's where the money is. That's what you got to do. It's a matter of time before that conference unravels. So. In terms of the Big Ten conversation, if there was any sort of avenue, I think you exhaust it. I don't think it's real as realistic as the Big 12. The Big 12 is currently courting CU, and I think that falls uh, under the umbrella of most realistic along with the Pac-12. Guys, I'm scared of the Pac-12. I'm just actually going to read from the article here from CBS. They said three highly, and this is from Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports, three highly ranking industry sources in the last week told CBS Sports they believe Brett Yormark, who's that Big 12 commissioner, is going to be successful in luring at least some combination of the four corner schools. Some went farther, speculating the Pac-12 was a couple weeks away from dissolving. Mm. If you are even in remote possibility, and, and I don't even have to stretch my brain into a pretzel to think that the Pac-12 could just go away, if that is even a possibility, James, you used the phrase music stopping. 
Dude, if you think that you could be on the last track of the album, you need to be proactive because if they caught, get caught without a chair, man, it could, be, it could hurt the university for literally decades to come. Yeah, no, it's, it's the, the boat is taking on water. Go find a lifeboat. That's what it is, right? You don't want to be the one that sits there and just continues to insist, no, it's going to be fine, it's going to be fine, it's going to be fine, and then you're last in line and there's no seat for you. I would just say Prime changes everything. you got to dream bigger with Prime. If you can kick the can down the road even one year and Dion can win eight, nine games, the Big Ten's going to be very open to welcoming a Coach Prime team to their conference. I think you're right. I just think you go to the Big 12 to save yourself from being totally out of the mix, and then you're looking for your next stop. Like the day you join the Big 12, you're, you're already angling to join the Big Ten. It's interesting because you use the one year. Uh, do you have one year? I don't know if they have one year. Yeah, you just said, what, a couple weeks? It's it could, crazy. It could be a couple weeks. And just one last thought on the, uh, on the Big 12. Big 12 just sent a team to the college football playoff. Who was the surprise team in the college football playoff the year before that? It was Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. They're now joining the Big 12. They have the best basketball conference in the, in the country right now. Um, I think for right here, right now, Big 10 would be best, best case. And if you could address it somewhere down the line, you do it. But for right now, man, I think the writing's on the wall. I think CU's got to make a move. I don't even know if my kid is going to know what the Pac-12 means, you know, when he's old enough. So, um, okay, Superbook Sports presents the Denver Sports 5K Bracket Challenge. The winner of each round, guys, is going to receive tickets to every concert at Cheyenne Frontier Days. The grand prize winner is going to take home 5000 Dollars, all right. Powered by the Transportation Security Administration and the Urology Center of Colorado. Register now. Get your friends or your office pool signed up as well. Sign up at denversports.com slash bracket. Doesn't cost a thing. There is literally no downside. Go register now. Denversports.com slash bracket. You can't spell cup without the C. Can the Avs win another championship without their captain? That may be the new reality, and we'll take a dive into that complicated conversation coming up next. On Denver Sports Station, 1043, The Fan. You can't spell cup without the C. Can the Avalanche win another championship without their C, without their captain? And the thought that that could be a reality... um, Felt, um, well, I don't want to say far-fetched because we hadn't seen uh, Gabe Landeskog yet this season, but we just all sort of, I think, collectively assumed that he would be back. I thought he'd be back by now, certainly back before the playoff run. And we got James Merrillat from DenverSports.com filling in for Stoke today and also uh, one of his right-hand men from DenverSports.com, Will Peterson. Um, Will, you wrote about this uh, on DenverSports.com. It came from a tweet uh, from Kyle Fredrickson, which was embedded in your article. Jared Bednar said yesterday that Gabe Landeskog's current knee injury is actually unrelated to the knee issue he dealt with last season. Um, Bednar said, uh, do I think he could easily come out of it and be fine? Yeah. But he also acknowledged that the team is unsure when or if. That's where it gets tricky. Or if Landeskog will be available to return at all this season. And Bednar said, only time will tell. What's your concern level here, Will? Well, yesterday was huge because Jared Bednar, for whatever reason, was in a chatty Kathy mood. There was like six reporters in there. DMAC was one of them. And Bednar did a five-minute soliloquy on repeating and the mindset and this and that. So it was a 17-minute session that these six reporters had with Jared Bednar. And for whatever reason, he was in a revealing mood because it's the first time he's acknowledged that Gabe may not come back this year. And it's the first time we've been told, yes, he had surgery in March. Yes, he had surgery in October. But don't think those were necessarily related, right? So it was like, whoa, okay, two newsworthy things from Jared. And October... We were told three months on the recovery. Last time I checked, that's January. We're now in mid-March. Did a third thing happen with Gabe? A setback. He was out of the country. A lot of information, but also a lot of unanswered questions. For the head coach to admit, 
that the captain may not be back this year, that dings them in a big way in my eyes of their odds to repeat. And, and, and really quick, just let me jump in here. This is hockey. Right. They're so secretive and cloak and dagger stuff with hockey. They don't even tell you. It's just lower body. Well, that's half of your body. Like, my mind goes, and maybe this is just me being um, conspiracy theorist here. If a hockey coach goes out of his way to give you something that you didn't ask for, could it be an indication of that's the way that it's going and sort of prepare? Like, he's, he's already prepared himself yeah. that this guy's not going to be back. He laying is, the groundwork. Yeah, laying the groundwork. He is preparing fans for the reality that Landis Gog may not return this year at all. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but for Bednar to openly admit that that was an option, that really caught my attention. And also the sort of deep dive on do we have enough to do it again, I guess we'll find out all those things he said. Again, that's a head coach who is sort of preparing people of we're going to go for this thing, but if we don't get it done, I told you on March 8th why it wasn't going to happen in so many words. When they didn't make a move at the trade deadline, I thought you had an astute observation of, hey, you know what? That tells me Gabriel Landeskog is close to coming back. Mm -hmm. I thought that was like, all right, that's connecting some dots that this all makes sense. It was like one of those pictures, the 3D pictures, and just all of a sudden came into focus. Now, though, when you hear this, does it make you think, what the heck were they doing at the deadline? Why didn't they make a move? It does. But it also makes me wonder, is Bedsy yesterday just sort of setting expectations low? Is there more uh, rhyme or reason to this than just, I'm going to just blabber away and tell everyone everything? Maybe it's because when Gabe comes back, he's only going to be able to play 10 minutes a night on the fourth line, something like that. And he's just going to be a big body in front of the net trying to batter in goals this isn't basketball. This isn't Jamal Murray where they're going to say, oh, take your time. Take 18 months from the ACL. If they can get Gabe out there for 10 minutes a night on the fourth line, you better believe he's a better option than, I don't know, Dennis Mulgan. They will get Landis Cog back on the ice. So well, it, it may be a, he's coming back, but don't think of Gabe, Nathan, Miko. Think of Gabe at the back end of your roster as a grinder. And that just reminds me of back, you know, watching all those games in the playoff run, and we're doing post-game shows uh, afterward after every game. And that's a lot of what Landeskog did. Like, he was just traffic in front of the net, just doing the dirty work and getting in the way. And, you know, other guys got a lot of the glory because the puck would sneak past and get into the back of the net. But a lot of it was what he was doing up yeah, front. He was great they, at it. They got to find, I mean, not only the leadership, but just on the ice, they got to find somebody to fill that void and all the other things he does. It's a huge loss. I don't think we we talked about it earlier, Zach. Of hey, if he if he comes back and he's able to be close to himself, I think it's Stanley Cup Finals or or Stanley Cup Final or bust. If he doesn't, I have virtually no expectations. Like it's that it's that big a difference. It would be it would be McKinnon, McCarr, and then it's kind of everybody's together. If Rantan was out, if Landeskog was out, it would be the same impact to me. So he's he's in that group of the third, fourth, fifth best player or most important player on the team? Well, uh, we're obviously going to continue to monitor um, this situation even more closely than we already were. But I'm just going to play devil's advocate. Again, just tossing it out there. Uh, They didn't do anything at the trade deadline. Could there have been a new development on this front? Uh, And I shouldn't say they didn't do anything at the trade deadline. They didn't do anything as big as maybe some fans wanted. Could this be a potentially new development? that they didn't know was as in focus leading up to the trade deadline, and now it is. A- any, any, yeah, I mean, they, it could because DMAC, when I went on the drive with him yesterday and we talked about this, he made it clear that, yes, he got surgery in March. Yes, he got surgery in October. But DMAC's interpretation, he was there. So I'll obviously take his opinion more than anyone else's, was that a third thing happened. And the trade deadline was what, March 3rd? So did a third thing happen in the last six days? Is that what you're getting at? Perhaps. Perhaps something changed in the last six days, and that's why Jared Bednar felt the need to, I like your term, lay the groundwork that Landis Cog could be out this entire year. It also feels like coach venting, right? Like, if you did something, if it wasn't connected to what, why you had to have surgery last March, then you got injured over the offseason. That would make you mad. You're almost ready to come back. We didn't make a move at the deadline, and you did something else. Then you're just venting and, and, and kind of putting it out there to the, to the media. Totally reading 
the tea leaves here, but that's a little bit how it feels to me. Yeah, um, very, very interesting conversation. Unfortunate just in tone uh, given this news, uh, but uh, very, very, very relevant uh, to, to Colorado here moving forward down the sprint uh, on the last stretch of the season before Stanley Cup playoffs. Get underway. All right, we're live from Slattery's here uh, in the Tech Center uh, inside the Landmark. Uh, guys, this month is going to be a great month of sports, and it can be better when it's interactive. That's why I'm encouraging, encouraging you to get involved with our Superbook Sports presenting Denver Sports 5K Bracket Challenge. Uh, you fill out your bracket like you do every March, but the winner this time around, the winner of each round, not the total winner, but the winner of each round is actually going to receive tickets to every concert at Cheyenne Frontier Days. The grand prize winner is going to take home $5,000. How much does it cost to get involved? doesn't cost anything. It's powered by Xfinity 10G, Phil Long, Ford, and Twin Peaks. You can register now. Get your friends or your office pool signed up as well. You can hit us up at denversports.com slash bracket. Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Stokely and Zach. I was down with the boys catching up in a neon light. Didn't know till we walked in it was karaoke night. She was in a circle of girls chasing a shot with a line. She was laughing, they were daring her to get on the mic. DenverSports.com, hanging out with us, as is Will Peterson, Speaking of country music, and I didn't want to interrupt you when you were uh, doing the read for the 5K Challenge. Yes, sir. Have you seen the lineup for Shine Frontier Days, the concerts? No. Fill me in. Oh, my God. Eric Church, Old, Old Dominion, Zach Bryan, which may be the hottest seat or hottest ticket in America to try to find is a ticket to a Zach Bryan concert. Uh, Tim McGraw, John Party. And Cody Johnson. Wow. Those are some oh, five-finger death punch as well. But the other ones, the country ones, were like, man, that is a lineup. That is a lineup. I might just get a hotel in Cheyenne for like eight days and hang out. See, I, I've never been, and I have young kids, so it's, you know, more difficult for, for me to get away and get up there. But uh, that's that's on the bucket list. There, Everyone who goes up there says the same thing about it. Didn't you see... Our favorite Taylor Swift there like 15 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Before she was Taylor she Swift. She was the opening act. That's crazy. Well, is that right? I don't remember who the main act was. And now she's the hottest concert ticket in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That's who I thought of when you said Zach Bryan. I'm like, did they? is Taylor Swift's <laughs> concert going away? Well, is Taylor going to Cheyenne? <laughs> and, and I just say that because, like, he's not playing many shows. And if you go to StubHub or any of those things and try to find one. like Crazy. The cheapest one I could find is, like, a potential birthday gift was, like, Flying to Milwaukee to go see him. Wow. It's nuts. Wow. Well, the last I checked the secondary Taylor Swift market, if you want to sit 500 level uh, at Mile High, and she's here for two nights on mm -hmm. a Saturday or a Friday and a Saturday, if you want to sit in the 500 level, it's about $800. <sighs> Think about that. 500 level. Well, these are smaller venues, so the prices being at that range or higher is not as impressive as 800 bucks to go sit in the 500s. Right. Wow. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is mile high. It's That's not, nuts. it's, you know, it's, it's so. Now, would you go see Taylor Swift in 40 years when she's well past her prime? Like, oh, oh, I've done that with, yeah, of course. Oh, like these people who went and saw Springsteen? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't let people live. What are we doing? What, what, what do you care if someone <laughs> wants to go see an old boss? I don't care. I don't care. Stokely and I got into it last week. Okay. He, he was on your side on this. Oh, okay. Like, okay. Yeah, just go to the show. I'm like, no. Oh. You wanted to see the boss when he was bringing Courtney Cox up on stage and she hadn't been in a show before. But, but I, what if you didn't have that opportunity? Well, then, you know, it's, you move on. I, I, <laughs> I saw a couple shows at the end. I saw Bob Dylan um, plugged in, and it was just like, I'm like, oh, man, like, save yourself. Um, another one was a CCR. Uh, uh, yeah, Creedence Clearwater, Clearwater, Revival. Clearwater Revival, and they were just stationary. They didn't move. It's like they're almost like standing on a spot. 
was I still like you get to say? So it wasn't part of you thought this is sad? A little bit, but I, I'm not coming down from something. I didn't see them like in you didn't 1979. See them at no, I didn't see them at Woodstock, <laughs> and they weren't invited to the second one with DMX. So, um, yeah, Great I just documentary. By the it way. was. It was really good. So I just I just see them when I can see them, and so uh, okay. Um, I'll, I'll get us off that tangent. My bad. Uh, we uh, I want to circle back to a conversation. I want to get Will's thoughts too on this. How have our overall expectations changed year over year? when it comes to what defines success for Russell Wilson in Denver. you got to sort of recalibrate where you were a year ago and how you answered that question, because it was extremely relevant. Um, and just one year later, I know for a lot of people, guys, it, their expectation now is an incredible departure with how they answered it a year ago. Will, we'll start with you. Uh, how, how would you approach this topic? Well, I don't think you can treat it with kid gloves just because he sucked last year, right? You still gave up all the draft picks. You still gave him the quarter-billion-dollar extension. You still gave up three players for his services. You still put all your eggs in this basket. How can one bad year make me think, ah, you know what, Russ, you go 9-8, and eight, I'm going to give you a standing ovation. No, they invested way too much in this guy's future for me to adjust the expectations of where he needs to be now. Will I adjust the expectations of where I think he will be? Of course, right? There's no way the guy I saw last year I can sit here with a straight face and tell you he's going to win 12 games. But where he should be, nothing's changed. They gave up way too much. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, I, my expectation remains the same, which is you that guy turns the Broncos into a legit contender every single season that he's here. I, I, that hasn't changed for me. Now, he's 0 for 1 because they weren't a legit contender this past year. But, you know, to say, oh, they're going to, there were people last year going to win multiple Super Bowls. Like, it's so hard to get to one. It's so hard to win one. I remember my guy Cecil saying, hey, snap out of this maybe appearing a Super Bowl. It's dynasty time. I mean, and not to pick on, not to pick on Cecil, but because he wasn't alone. I mean, there was a lot of people were like Super Bowl. uh, I wrote golden era of Denver sports. And we went on and said, how many titles do the Avs have to win? How many do the Nuggets have to win? How many do the Broncos have to win? Tom Brady's like, you know, 18 points away from being 0-10 in Super Bowls or, or 0-9 or whatever it is, 0-10. It's, it's difficult to do. It's a bit of a crapshoot once you get into the playoffs if you're a legit contender, right? Like Kansas City, Buffalo, or Cincinnati, any of them, any of them could have won it this year. Uh, Philly could have won it. San Francisco could have won it if they had a quarterback that could was still healthy come the, end, the second half of the NFC title game. So, But you need to be in that mix. I just rattled off five teams that could have won it this year, had a legit shot to win it this year. The Broncos with Russell Wilson for it to be a success have to be in that group and in that conversation every single season. And you probably at some point need to break through and not just be in the conversation. You need to get there. Well, and it's how quickly can you get from a five-win team to that group that you're talking about. Now, the NFL is a unique place where you could flip it quickly. But if you are going to do that, boy, you need, to hit, you need to catch a lot of green lights in the NFL draft and in free agency. Free agency starts in less than a week. So, And even then, we're going to have the human beings here, but we got to see how they play. We all get fired up every year about you know, Jarrell Casey. AJ Boye, oh Ronald Darb. It's like okay, like we got to see how it. Randy ages. Gregory, Randy Gregory, Bryce Callahan, Bryce Callahan. Oh my so goodness! Good in the Fangio system. Jawan James. <laughs> yes, we Jinx. finally solved the right tackle position. <laughs> but real quick, it can work the other way because you remember what happened after they lost Super Bowl Forty Eight? Akeem Talib, yep. T.J. Ward, Demarcus Ware. We were all fired up then, and all three of those guys delivered. But but there was a magnet. There was. In, in His name was Peyton time. Manning. Right. Like, and I don't know if Sean Payton is the same type of, of magnet. Um, Russell's certainly not uh, for a couple different reasons. Um, so I don't know. And I go back to, okay, if you're going to try to build this thing back to a contender, does the timeline of getting the roster to that point intersect with Russell I'm the, I want to say still being in his prime, and I don't even know if that sentence is true. And will that be true two years from now? I just don't know. And it brings up another question. How many years do you guys think that, that Russell Wilson is here? It's an incomplete picture. won't hold you to it. But I'm kind of maxed out at, at two. Two? Two. Well, I mean, to go back to your question of how do you define success, to some extent for Russell Wilson it will be success if he's not cut a year from now. That will be success. 
I don't think he's going to be anywhere near being in that conversation, but that will be success. I think he's here. Just looking at the contract, it's 85 next year's dead cap if they cut him. It's roughly 50. Then it's 36. I think he plays through those three. I think you got to get through those three. Otherwise, it's just an albatross of dead money. And I think over there, they're hopeful he can get through those three. Make it three more seasons. On Denver Sports Tonight last night, I called it the worst trade in NFL history. And I got a lot of Herschel Walker pushback, Ricky Williams pushback, whatever. But if they cut him next year, I don't know how you can argue it's not the worst trade in NFL history. So you're right, James. Russell Wilson, if we're sitting here a year from now, not debating who the quarterback is in 2024, that means Russell Wilson had a pretty darn good 2023 and salvaged it enough that there's not those offseason questions of who will be under center for week one, 24. If he gets cut a year from now, it not only will be the worst trade in NFL history, it will be the worst contract in 100%. NFL history. 100%. Right. Because they will be cut, cut him before it started. Right. $160 million of guaranteed money, and he doesn't play it down. That is an unbelievably bad contract. I don't think any of that's going to happen, though. I, I really don't. I think he's going to have a, a, a really good year. It's a very good year. I think everybody's going to be like, okay, all right. Everything kind of settled out here. The water smoothed, smoothed over. The wind finally calmed down, and we're going to go water ski on some glassy water. That's what's happening. Well, I hope you're right, you know, and we'll never know the answer to this, but I just wonder what the tenor of these conversations would be if they never tried to beat uh, the deal and the timeline, and he's playing out the last year of right. his contract this year. I think it'd be worse. And, 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 again, I don't know, but would the threshold for getting beyond this year be the same? Like, like, like how much different? Like, so here are the two scenarios. The one that we're in, where Russell is trying to make it to the actual contract. Yeah. And then the other one is earning a new contract. I think he could play worse and see year number three as opposed to if he weren't signed up, you could actually just walk away. You're looking for reason to bring him back for year three. Yeah, and here's the re- what reason, though, I, I, why I think it could be worse. If Russell Wilson hadn't signed a new contract prior to last year, do you think he's still their quarterback? Yes, 100%, because of the investment. Okay, I, maybe. He's their quarterback with competition. I think he would have forced his way out. He should be that anyway, almost. But it, Right, but you're not going to bring competition because of the contract. Yeah, not real competition. I think no. he would have said, you know what, I don't want any part of this. This, this organization's a mess. The fans were booing me in my first home game. It's a lot easier on the second divorce than the first one, and he would be somewhere else. And the only thing worse, the only thing worse than Russell Wilson playing poorly here is Russell Wilson leaving and playing great somewhere else. Mm. That would be worse. That would be like, oh, my gosh, we gave up all that. We got one bad season. Nathaniel Hackett and his staff was the worst staff in, in franchise history, and that's why that guy was terrible. And now look at insert team here and he's having a ton of success that would be worse that would be but you realize the fan base would say good riddance right now they would the fan base would be easy to say would be thrilled if they were no longer under the burden of him as the quarterback or that contract well but who would if he if he left right now because you still wouldn't have the picks who who would be their quarterback in 2023 you'd be in the same boat you were uh, 2017 18 19 20 21 You'd, yeah, they don't you'd have, be trying to fix Marcus Mariota. You'd be bringing in Jameis Winston. Yeah, yeah. They don't have right now. They don't have an option other than Russell Wilson that's as good as Trevor Simeon, Drew Locke. Yeah, I guess you could go out and acquire yeah, you could, yeah. your, your next version of Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, that would excite people. I don't no. think they'd be saying good riddance because it'd be like, oh my gosh, we're right back to square one, and we gave up a ton of assets to end up in the exact same spot. Will, would you like to say the legal ID today? Oh wow! Oh, I just didn't want to get it three out of three times. Uh, wow. KKFN and KKFN HD One Longmont Denver wow. executed very well. Did What's I have any had? notes in front of me? No, did it. It's great. What's up, D? What is? You guys sound so good, man. Like, the broadcast sounds awesome. It sounds like fun. Love it. was fun. Good Irish bar on, on uh, basketball days, and it's yeah. awesome. Pretty Where sweet. It? I think C- CU has a one-point lead over UCLA at halftime. That's right, baby. Let's go yeah, Buffs. Right, go Buffs. <laughs> wow. How's CSU doing? Do we know? I know they're playing at the exact they, same time. They are in a two-point game with wow. us, n- number one seed at San Diego. Come on. Hashtag is Slender. Let's go. Isaiah Stevens has to be playing pretty well then if they're in that game. 
We don't know because you can't actually watch that game. You have to just look at it on your phone. Oh, right. Yeah. Which, which, which game's that? <laughs> CSU. CSU. Oh. It's on CBS Sports Network. Yeah. Oh, yeah. all right. Yeah, it was yesterday, too, but it's not CS, CBS Sports Net. Like, on your TV, it's the app, and, like, you oh. got to download seven. It's like trying to watch an Abs or Nuggets game. All right, so quick quick, quick question. Matt just said Isaiah Stevens must be uh, having a pretty good game. They're, they're in a one-possession game with uh, San Diego State. Matt, how many points do you think he has? Isaiah Stevens, well, they got two dudes. It's Stevens and Tanjay. If mm-hmm. either of those two dudes aren't playing well, I'd guess Stevens played pretty well the other day. I'd guess he's probably got it like 10 at half. He's got zero points. What? <laughs> what? Zero points. Who's, who scored? In a, in a, in a, well, a one-possession game at halftime. They have 25 points as a team, so the answer to your who scored question is virtually no one. Tanjay's leading uh, uh, all Rammies with uh, 13. Oh, he's no. got 13. Tw- oh, boy, that's a tinderbox in the second half is what that says to me. <laughs> no no other Ram has more than six. Um, so we'll see, how, uh, we'll see how it shakes out in the last 20 minutes. All righty. All right, boys. I heard you guys talk about Gabe. That is a little concerning. Oh, yeah. Where are you, where are you guys at with Gabe right now? We're putting on our tinfoil hat, not to speak for you, Zach, but something happened prior to October, if it's not connected to the uh, previous injury, and then something happened in the last five days since the trade deadline, and yesterday was a uh, hmm. coach that was venting. That's my take on it. Oh, I, don't, I, think that's I, don't, crazy. Know, I don't think anything happened in the last yeah. five days. I think things, something else happened. Mm-hmm. I think it happened in December is when I think it happened. The last five days he's been on the ice skating. Well, then Christmas McFarland was asleep at the wheel. Well, I, do, I agree well, with you there, James. I, well, we can certainly else. have that conversation. What I think happened is, do you guys remember when he came back in December and started skating again in December, and then he yeah. went away? Mm-hmm. I think that's when we need to start thinking about maybe something might have happened when he came back again and had another setback. That's what that I think sense. happened. I will tell that you, the way the NHL does things, it does leave you open to conspiracy theories left and right. I mean, because they just, they're just not very clear yeah. with, with anything. And, yeah, I, I think we probably did get a little bit more information yesterday than we definitely perhaps did. normal. But um, I thought Bednar was sort of prepping us for we're going to be better off next year than this year. Like, mm. you know, it's um, we've, we've done the best we could. We'll see how it goes. I don't think he's given up on the year at all, but he's challenged the team, and I would not count on Gabe Landeskog. What it should, hey, yeah, go ahead, James. And, and uh, just to talk about the other team in that building for the, for a moment here, DMAC. Uh, last night, Put my uh, oh yeah my concernometer to an eight. Yeah, I, I an eight. Give, yeah. give us the Reader's Digest reason why. Yeah, please. Uh, their two best players, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, crumbled under pressure. So Jamal Murray <laughs> put pressure on himself. I'm going to go set the record tonight. All he had to do was make two three pointers. He got one. And Nikola Jokic is clearly feeling the pressure of all this MVP mm. conversation Ooh. and the ugliness of it. That was the that's two. And then there were two glaring problems last night with Michael Malone. He left Michael Porter Jr. on the bench for 10 minutes and 52 seconds as the lead ballooned from 7 to 21. Yeah, I agree. What are you doing? Yeah, I, don't, I, I, I noticed that too. The lead ballooned from 3 to 14. He didn't call a single timeout. During that stretch, the Bulls were up 13. Nuggets made two straight shots to make it 8. Boom, timeout, stopped the bleeding. Michael Malone... You might as well bring the CEO from Western Union down four seats and let him coach the team. Damn. What's the difference? <laughs> Zach, are you on that same train? You can't be on no, that same no, train. He's not. He's, uh, he's, 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 he's on the train out of town. He's, he's, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies. Oh, so Zach already left? Oh, yeah, he's on the train oh. out of town. Yeah. <laughs> he's here. Yeah. He's just he's schmoozing. But, uh, okay. Uh, he's, he's talking to the, our fine friends at uh, Superbook. Ah, okay. All right. And well, he's heard me for three hours. Yeah, I mean, about he's, he's tapping he's out. All right, he's all right. Fair, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I mean, I definitely disagree with you, but it's always fun to hear, you know, how, how what your spin is on it. That's fun. Um, let me give you this one just before we get you uh, out the door. What did you think of the um, very sort of muted reception mm. for the Broncos coaching staff from the Nuggets fans? I think it's. Uh, I think it's appropriate. I think. I think Broncos country. It has lost all patience, and they're very much uh, like a bunch of people from Missouri. They're in they're in show me mode. Yeah, and I think that's justifiable. They're not going to buy into the hype. This is a fan base that knows what a championship team looks like and a championship um, coach looks like, and they're not just going to get all excited over uh, possibilities. It's yeah, go out and prove it. They were a little bit that way with Russ a year ago. Like training camp wasn't packed like we all thought it would be, 
and I think they're very much in that that uh, same mode this year. It's a little new faces, new places fatigue, isn't it? It's like, okay, yeah. you know, yeah. another new coach we have to introduce to the Nuggets game. All right, all right, you know. All right, Sean, thanks. We're it glad you're just, here. It was just so wildly uh, juxtaposed to what was going on last year. Oh, my I gosh, mean, it was completely. just crazy. I mean, there was it, no drum banging. There was no drum. There was no acknowledgement whatsoever from Sean Payton. It did not look like they were having a rip roaring good time up in the uh, It was Sean holding court, being in charge, sitting in the power seat of the box. Yep. You know, yep. he wasn't. He wasn't the social uh, so, social master. Like there wasn't even a tip of the beer to the crowd. Not a tip to not a wave. They put him up two times. They played. Hey KJ, they played. Uh, I feel good today. I, and Payton was like, I don't care. He's wearing his Paris Saint Germain. You know, Lionel Messi, Mbappe, a tracksuit. He? he was. Good. So he's, you know, like, that's a very fashion-forward sort of thing. Totally. You're in a basketball a, game. You're wearing Messi's, you know, team's warm-up jacket from his club team. <laughs> I mean, you know, we got a lot of, like, uh, hey, man, my guy. My guy, Sean Dayton. And I'm fine with that. Look, the boss can't be doing uh. beer bongs at the Christmas party. <laughs> this doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> What are we gonna do? Score a lot of points, a lot of points. Yeah, they put this on, and they put Peyton on. It was the second time he was on the jumbotron, and didn't nod, didn't dance, didn't wave, didn't hold up a sign. If you don't do beer bongs, can you at least do keg stands or no? Is that not, is that still didn't a no-go? Do, didn't do keg stands. <laughs> That's out, too. Oh, yep. damn. Yep. Your hacking was holding up signs last year. Yeah, he was. And then our own Andrew Mason does the research. The Nuggets were 0-2 with Hackett and crew in attendance on the Jumbotron. Oh, no. I've never heard a more Mace thing than that. That is so perfect. But is this the curse of the curse of the Valley here? A little bit? You know, just, you want to talk about, like, everything being off last night. Mm -hmm. So, James, with all due respect, not to, you know, there might have just been the basketball gods and karma. Yeah. You know? A little bit, I think that's what happened here last night. And, yeah, okay, Jamal Murray, man, you probably should have laid off the social media ahead of time. but Save the blue arrow. We'll all be excited when you do it. Do you realize Jamal Murray, guys, on at least seven attempts, only has one three-pointer on at least seven attempts one other time besides last night? This season? This season. Yeah, he's had a, One other time. They're That's all, it. They're all having very efficient years because Nikola Jokic is distributing things beautifully. Guys, Nikola Jokic took nine three-pointers. Why do you think it's in his head, James? Uh, well, he talked about it uh, after the win down in Houston. He quipped back, which was funny, but one of the beauties of Nikola Jokic is he just doesn't hear any of that stuff. So that was a bad sign. And then when he talked about it last night, and the, the the word that he used for it is escaping me. He, talk, he was talking about the ugly kind of conversation that it's turned into, unhealthy. The right. unhealthy conversation it's turned into. Yeah. He clearly is hearing the noise, and he hasn't been the same guy since Kendrick Perkins went on and doubled down and took it to a new level. The last three games, they won two out of the three. But Nikola Jokic, at least for the, the lion's share of it, has not looked very good. And in those three games, in 12 quarters, they've been outplayed in nine of them. Okay, James. I love it, and um, fun to hear you guys down there at Slattery. It's a blast. That is that is awesome, and it's good that our, our guy, Zach, is talking to our friends at Superbook Sports. You know, Superbook presents the Denver Sports 5K Bracket Challenge. There you go. Powered by Xfinity, Xfinity 10G, Phil Longford, and Twin Peaks. It is Superbook Sports presenting the Denver Sports 5K Bracket Challenge. Register now. Get your friends to your office pool signed up, too. Sign up at denversports.com slash bracket. We got the game. Look at this. Drew, you're a magician. Here we go. We can watch CU, CSU, to smoke signals. Smoke signals to CSU. We'll, yeah. we'll figure it out. Well, hey, hashtag asunder. We're with you, Rammy family. Let's go. The Ramley. UCLA, they, UCLA lost their top defender, and maybe that's all the difference that, that they need. We'll see. It was a damn close game with UCLA just a few days ago. In Boulder. In Boulder. And CU also lost their point guard from that game, too. So Julian Hammond, who's pride of Cherry Creek, he's stepping up and playing a big game. He had a career high. I think it was 21 yesterday. Uh, he drove me nuts in high school. Uh, yeah. He was damn good. Yeah, he got over on us buffs all the time. Was, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yesterday was a career high for we, him. We can, all, we can all cheer for him now. Yeah. Because he used to be a Bruin, and now he's about to beat the Bruins. I love it. I love it. Let's, Let's see. Oh, this is the drive on the fan.